to the First Ground Flick Podcast. I'm Sandra Dugan. And I'm Eric Dugan. And we are two ordinary moviegoers just like you. We sit down in our living room and draft our top five favorites in a given category. But this week, in honor of the Oscars, we are doing a whole special Megapod. And we have two lovely guests to join us. Megan Peck. Hello. Welcome back to the pod. Returning guest. So excited to be here. You might recognize Megan from our episode on romantic comedies. She joined me for that draft. And also our friend Roberto. Hi. Both of these two are our esteemed movie friends, and we have talked before about how our one true goal is to go to the Vanity Fair after party at the Oscars. Now, that is a very exclusive ticket, but an equally exclusive ticket is the annual Dugan Oscar party which uh, these two lovely people have been joining us for every year. So we thought they would be perfect guests to talk about the Oscars. That's right. This is going to be the most fantasy sports-like draft that we have had to date. So we are all going to go around one by one, still drafting five, but with the objective of drafting a team that will win the most cumulative Oscars. In hopes of making this as fair as possible, we're going to do a snake draft in place of a regular draft, which means that the last person to draft their pick, their first pick, will all be the first to draft their second pick. Am I correct about that? That is correct. I know sports. <laughs> this is so advanced. It's very advanced. Uh, for me, anyways. <laughs> so the first thing we'll do to get this all going is we'll still roll the die and see how it shakes out. That's right. The first couple of dice rolls are going to be for our guests. So Megan will go first. Six. Oh. Oh. Wow. The second one for Roberto. <laughs> one. <laughs> That's a rough, but you could get the turn. Could be valuable. Right. Uh, yeah. I get two in a row. This third one is going to be for me. Four. Okay. 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 And lastly, Eric. Oh, five. All right. So okay. our draft order will be Megan, then me, then Sandra, and finally Roberto. All right. I'm any, so excited. Any, any last words before we get started? Well, before we get into the draft, we wanted to take a moment to address some of our favorite nominations and some of our most egregious snubs. So we'll start with Megan. Megan, what was one of your favorite things nominated? Um, I'm really excited to see so many nominations for Parasite. Um, I think that it's a really, like Roma last year, I think uh, to have a foreign language film highlighted in the big, big categories, Best Picture, Best Director is really exciting. That is very exciting. I'm happy to see that too. How many nominations does Parasite have? I think 10? Six. It has the potential to be the surprise of this year. This is the most heralded foreign film that the Oscars have seen in a long time. So personally, I think it was my favorite movie of this year. Um, I'm definitely going to be rooting for it. Me too. It had like so many different genres that it encompassed. Mm -hmm. Like you go into it thinking, oh, this is like a horror movie maybe. And then it keeps changing what it is throughout. And you have no idea what's going to happen, which is great. So Berta, what was your favorite thing or person recognized? You know, I mean, maybe not have, may not have been my favorite film of the year, but I really enjoyed seeing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I'm really happy to see that it got 10 nominations. Um, the performances were great, and just even the way that the whole movie played out was very fascinating to me, where the end was kind of like earned in a way where I was like, okay, that was crazy, but I, I see where they got that from. So, Yeah, it was definitely my favorite Tarantino movie to date. Whoa. It's the truth. It's a really bold, bold I'm thing also to say. not a big Tarantino person, and this one was the least gory, so that has a lot to do with it. 
was it its prettiest? Eric and I have talked about this before. Was this Tarantino's prettiest movie? I, I think so. I mean, the whole s- production of it all. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of scenes that stick out, like when he goes to that farm or the like... The compound? <laughs> yeah. The ranch. The ranch, yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. All right, Eric, what about you? What's your favorite nomination? Well, I, in general, really loved Marriage Story, and it kind of fell by the wayside in this process, even though it did get a number of nominations. So I'm really glad uh, that it got nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which is always one of our favorite categories. And then Laura Dern is a very strong contender for supporting actress, and she just continues and will always be a queen. Laura Dern will win (laughs) supporting actress. I will be very surprised if it's not her. And it was a great performance. She's great. She's great. Everyone loves her. She met Baby Yoda or saw Baby Yoda at a basketball game. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) What about you, Sandra? Um, I think the most pleasant surprise for me on nomination morning was the fact that Honeyland, a great documentary that we watched recently, was nominated for both Best Documentary and for International Feature. So that's something that's unprecedented for a documentary, foreign documentary especially, to break into another category. And I was really excited about that. It's a very beautiful movie, something that we weren't really expecting, but uh, it's available on Hulu to everyone out there who wants to check it out. In the year of you know, being into foreign films, like Bong Joon-ho said, if you can overcome some subtitles, it uh, really is a great movie. It's gorgeous, too. I wouldn't have been surprised if it got nominated for cinematography, too. Now, this was a great year for movies in general. It's a very solid crop this year, but... As is every year, we also were kind of disappointed uh, in some categories. Personally, I was a little sad that Uncut Gems didn't get any love at all. No, it's not the easiest watch, maybe not the most palatable to the older Oscar contingency, maybe. Um, but Adam Sandler was mm. fantastic. Could have got, should have gotten a original screenplay nominee, too. So that's my personal biggest snub. That might have been the most stressful movie I saw this year, but I still can't stop thinking about it. I know. (laughs) So good. What about you, Sandra? I think my biggest snub was The Farewell. That was probably my top five favorite movies of the year. And the fact that Aquafina wasn't recognized for her leading role in that movie was kind of sad. It looked as if, though, she might get a nomination, seeing as how she got one for Best Leading Actress on the Golden Globes. Yeah. this whole no love. This whole season in general feels like it really did pay to come out closer to the award season. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of buzz for Farewell and Once Upon a Time, both coming out in July. For a long time, they were the leaders and kind of the only players on the scene. And then now, as we're coming into the home stretch here, um, especially with the shortened award season, more than any time ever, it seems that coming out in December really was the best strategy. How about you, Berta? What was one of the things that you were most disappointed didn't get recognized? Well, kind of coming off of what you said, I was definitely disappointed by the lack of representation of female directors. Yeah. Uh, the Farewell is an example, as well as uh, Little Women. Uh, there's actually a lot of different ones where you could have easily had somebody get nominated for Best Director. Yeah. The fact that Greta Gerwig didn't get a Best director nomination was actually the thing that probably stung the most on nomination morning but alas she did get recognized in a lot of other places fortunately i think little women ended up with six nominations yeah as a which whole is, which is pretty that's solid good. yeah it, which sort of points out more glaringly that she missed the director's mm-hmm. nomination very true yep 
Thankfully, she is young and obviously a great talent. So hopefully the Oscars will find ample opportunity to correct that in the future. Yeah. Uh, it is encouraging that a Little Women got as much love as it did. Yeah. I loved, we just rewatched the clip when they announced the nominations for this year's Oscars and Issa Rae congratulates the men nominated for the director award. It's very poignant and necessary. I think we need to keep pointing it out. And Megan, what is your snub? My biggest snub is um, a snub I feel over multiple years. I feel like horror movies this year were very left by the wayside. There's some really strong contenders. Us, Mm -hmm. um, which, as we know, Jordan Peele is a uh, darling of the cinematic world right now. And they didn't give anything to us, especially Lupita, who I feel like should have gotten an acting nomination. Absolutely. Um, and then my favorite movie of the year, Midsummer, also didn't get nominated for anything. And that was kind of, um, I thought that was a big misstep um, for the Oscars have just started to starting um, to accept horror movies as a, you know, a genre that they're willing to give awards to, to have two such solid movies come out this year and to get nothing was really disappointing. Very true. I thought Midsummer could have had a chance in set design. Lawrence Pugh, obviously a very strong contender. And yeah. she did get a nomination for Little Women, but I I would argue that her performance her in Midsummer was better. But yeah. you know, with these acting performances, sometimes they kind of push together to make a cumulative right. campaign. So that was definitely the first time I was aware of Florence Pugh was in Midsummer. But then once you saw her pop up in uh, Little, Little Women, Women, and then we have all these trailers coming up for next year, like she's going to be in the Black Widow movie. Like we know that she is going to be a thing. And then same way for Brad Pitt. He's going to get it for supporting actor, but I think Ad Astra also helped Mm -hmm. say that this is Brad Pitt's time. Justice for Ad Astra, that movie, (laughs) was fantastic, too. It did get one Oscar nomination. So beautiful. Father Issues in Space, my favorite genre. (laughs) You know what? I I acknowledge that criticism, but I will watch anything in space. Anything in space. It's a compliment. All right, friends, we are ready to get started. We can go ahead and draft our first round flicks. That's right. So it goes to Megan Peck. What is your selection? Well, since it's a first selection, I'm going to take the movie with the most nominations. So I'm going to take Joker. I have some bad news for you. This is the last time we'll be meeting. You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. That is a solid pick. I'm not happy about it. It's the movie (laughs) I'm least likely to see but i would like to win so i'm putting my own personal feelings aside and just going with the numbers sometimes with the first pick you got to take the the one that's most likely to get the most yeah so that's right so joker it is nominated for best picture best director best actor best adapted screenplay best original score best sound editing best sound mixing best cinematography best makeup and hairstyling best costume design best film editing So there are two things that I do hope that Joker wins. The first is for its score. I think there are better scores, but the lady who won for the score at the Golden Globes was really charming, and now I'm rooting for her. 
So that would be cool. And then I do think that if it scored something for costume design, it would be amazing because it was so different than what you usually see. All of those colors, that very strong color palette. I really have a thing for color palettes in movies and you can just pick up the colors in this movie in almost instantaneously. Um, I thought it was a beautiful movie. Beautiful, <laughs> but content, not so sure. What we do know is that Joaquin has this in the absolute bag for oh, best actor. Absolutely. If he doesn't win, it will be earth shattering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm unsure about all 11 nominations, yeah. but I see a scenario where Joker sweeps. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wow. You think the, the support is that strong? Yeah, I really do. This, although this movie is not anything that I am personally interested in ever viewing, this is the movie that more people have talked to me about this year than any other movie. I've had so many people, apropos of almost nothing, been like, have you seen Joker? It's amazing. And I love it so much. And I have to say, nope. I could definitely clean up because you can view it as someone going into this ballot just being a super joker fan and just down the line everything it doesn't even matter here's the thing though due to the preferential ballot which i'm sure we'll address later on it might not be able to pull through for best picture because it's such a divisive divisive movie Mm. and usually the one that wins is one that's kind of in the middle yeah something like 1917 or parasite have the best chance i think somebody putting them somewhere in the middle of their ballot somewhere along two three or four and having that boost it to get that best picture win. Best picture gets complicated trying to game it out. But if we're looking at costume and uh, hairstyling and film editing, it's all a very real possibility. It's going to pick up a bunch. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're playing the odds. I'm playing the odds. That's the way you got to do it. Not playing with my heart. (laughs) Got to pick Saquon first pick. (laughs) So the real real question with Joker is, will Joaquin Phoenix address his diet and his very aggressive environmentalism during his speech. Almost assuredly, right? I'm his speeches the- are bananas and he's always ready to just say anything at the turn of a dime. He's either very taciturn or he'll just tell you his whole life story. He's a very uh, notorious vegan and he was pleased with the Golden Globe's decision to go with an all-vegan menu <laughs> and made a little bit of a fuss about the SAG menu, I believe. So we'll see if he comments on the food at the awards. I, I will be waiting to see what he has to say about that. Very outspoken. Definitely one of the weirdest actors that we have out there right what now. What will Rooney Mara wear? Oh. Also very interesting. That's right. All good questions. <laughs> All right. Eric, well, you get to go second in today's draft. Well, I do. And I feel very privileged and lucky to be able to draft 1917. Anyway... She sends him over this hair oil. <laughs> Smells sweet. Like golden syrup. Wilco loves the smell. But he doesn't want to cast it around in his pack. So, he slathers it all over his barnet. Goes to sleep. And in the middle of the night, he wakes up. And a rat is sitting on his shoulder. Licking the oil off his head. <laughs> knew it. I feel that this movie has the potential to just carry the day, mostly because I think it still has the best shot at winning Best Picture. Signs are very strong that it's going to win Best Director. It just won at the PGAs. It's going to win Best Cinematography for Roger Deakins, no question. And then beyond that, all the other categories, it's going to be highly competitive. That's a good choice. 
In total, it has 10 nominations, and they include Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Original Score, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Production Design, Best Cinematography, Best Makeup and Hairstyling, and Best Visual Effects. Notably, no acting nominations, though. So that's the only thing that's kind of holding it back from being a sure favorite. We do know that it just won the PGA, which is the Producers Guild Award, which is a strong predictor typically for Best Picture win. And we also know that it did really well at the Golden Globes, winning Best Drama and Best Director. We make fun of the Golden Globes, but this year it really does seem to be the bellwether of everything that's going to come with the Oscars. So They did good this year. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't it win Best Drama before it even came out, like, wide release? Yes, that is correct. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I knew that was a movie where a lot of people had not seen early screenings of it or anything, so even a lot of critics didn't know what it was going to be until it came out. So the fact that it made that big of an impression with that short of a time, I think has a good, well, good sign. Well, that absolutely, with the small voting group, it made an impact. It had been screening before. People knew it was going to be a big movie. But another big push behind it is it was delayed into January so that it wouldn't compete with The Rise of Skywalker. And that seems to have paid off a plenty. It's done so well at the box office. Really kind of came out at the perfect time. And Oscar voters, they love uh, celebrating the movie business itself. And so this seems like, you know, a big bombastic war epic that you want to go into the movie to see it becomes its own sort of draw so i think that it succeeded at the box office is what has made it such a powerful front runner war movies are always awards darlings there's always a big one especially if it's um world war one world war two they just they always do really well One of the things that is a little bit unusual about 1917 is the way in which it's filmed. It feels like a long consecutive take. So it brought a lot of people that really appreciate film and cinematography into the forefront of really advertising this movie before it came out and really drawing a lot of interest. And of course, stereotypically, the Academy is mostly older white men and war movies appeal to older white men. Yeah. So I mean, it's awesome. I can't help it. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I like, like it I, too. In my heart of hearts, yes, I want Parasite to win. But when they finally announce 1917, <laughs> I won't be mad about it. Because compared especially Green Book last year and so many other past winners, like I can accept it. Look, I appreciated a lot about 1917. One of the things I appreciated, I was talking to Megan about it a little bit before we started recording, was that it didn't glorify war in the same way that a lot of war movies do. It wasn't about the shooting and the killing. It was about these two soldiers' journeys through a war field, basically, and a war-torn country. And that, to me, was much more compelling than your typical war movie. When we saw it, I thought you made a pretty insightful observation that it's really the next generation's Saving Private Ryan. Hmm. We haven't had a really big war epic in a long time. Now, The Hurt Locker won Best Picture, yep. but that was kind of a smaller small. scale of meal. Yeah. And like something about the Iraq War has always been kind of like Vietnam before it. It's been recognized at the box office, but hasn't had the same cultural clout. Whereas with a these World War movies the lines are very clear and it's far enough away that you're not romanticizing it per se, but there's something um, just grander about it. And there's been a lot of discussion about how the way this is filmed kind of in a way makes it feel like a video game. You can see the imprints of how this fits a different generation, but you have 
the same standards. And that is one of the critiques against 1917 is it does kind of have a lot of war movie cliches in it. Total Package, though, is undeniably compelling. Well said. Well, thank you. And with that, Sandra, you have the third pick. I'm very excited because I'm going to pick a movie that I think will get some Oscar love and is one of my favorites. I'm going to be drafting Parasite. Hmm. Now with the third pick, you are counting on some upsets. No. (laughs) (laughs) I acknowledge that this has an outside chance in, but it does have a really good chance at Best Director with Mr. Bong Joon-ho, Director Bong Joon-ho, as he likes to refer to himself as. And I am counting on that momentum to kind of maybe get him at least another Oscar in there somewhere. They do have another strong chance at production design. The house that this movie takes place is is gorgeous. Um, And I could see that as being something that um, they potentially win. It is nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best International Feature, Best Production Design, Best Film Editing. It could also score a win for film editing. It just has a lot of chance in those smaller categories where I could see it potentially upsetting the favorite. And I'm pretty sure it's going to get director for that reason. I think it's... Well, it's 100% guaranteed to get the foreign film. Yep. Yeah, the is it? Totally. Feature. Yeah. Right. Totally. I feel like it's going to be a lot like Roma from last year, where it's right. going to not maybe take home best, uh, best picture, but it's going to maybe win best director and then best foreign language. It definitely has the upside. I would not be totally shocked if this is another moonlight moment where we go into it with such a heavy favorite. It seems predestined, but then because of that preferential ballot, that if it's up there in the twos and threes, that it could pull a surprise upset. Look, he is a huge favorite right now. Brad Pitt and other huge celebrities have gone to see his movie and shaken his hand and been so happy to be in his presence. I think he's never been more busworthy. And don't forget about the standing ovation at the SAG Awards. Yeah. Yeah. And he is also very memeable. He's great for the internet all around. He was photographed taking pictures of his cast as they accepted their SAG Awards. And it was adorable. Just love them all. I think it was a real slight that no, none of the actors from that movie were nominated. It's very typical that first time, like kind of breakthrough artists don't make don't get nominated but it would have been a nice surprise i wouldn't it seems seems singularly hard for like a best foreign film can get some recognition mm-hmm. but for the actors themselves because arguably the same thing happened to the farewell where yes. there's such a gap there especially when the it is competitive category in their defense and i'm not here to defend the academy almost ever but those are truly both ensemble casts so it's really hard to find somebody that's really standing out unlike something true. like bombshell or something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that really have clear stars at the forefront. And maybe it's one of the reasons I really appreciated both of those films. I like a good ensemble film, like Knives Out and other great ensembles that we've had this year. Just not surprised that didn't get any acting nominations. Would have been cool, especially for the gentleman who plays the father. Yeah, is and that who you would pick, Megan? Yeah, that's what I would pick. Or the sister. Mm-hmm. That she was a standout as well. Yeah. Just a great movie. Just all overall, so good. Probably one of my favorites of the whole year. Mm. 
it was my most anticipated and man did it deliver i now that it's back in theaters i really am tempted to go see it again uh do it right before it's the oscars do it. Why yeah. not? well anyway now we are finally at your pick birdo what do you got for us all right well i'm glad that this fell to me i'm gonna go with once upon a time in hollywood but please don't hurt her this time huh? i ain't gonna hurt her i just want her to play the fiddle line go, go go fetch her and tell her what go fetch her and tell her i'll give her a fat five dollar gold right piece right go play. fetch her and tell her i'll give her a fat fat five fat five dollar gold piece she play her little chili pepper heart out right, right. got it <clears throat> i think that's a steal at number four i agree with 10 nominations uh i think it's got a good shot especially a few acting uh nominations that i think you know brad pitt's got a very good chance um and with Quentin Tarantino, he very often will come through with a uh, screenplay uh, Oscar, so I think he's got a good shot to do it again. Yeah, those are the two favorites. Brad Pitt for supporting actors seems like pretty much a lock. Original screenplay, though, is competitive. Right now, Quentin Tarantino is the favorite, but remains to be seen. But here's the, here's the full list. We'll get it out there. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Original Screenplay, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Production Design, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, and that's it. Whew. Yeah. I feel like Leo has gotten completely lost in the discussion. He has. Very unfortunately, because that was a great performance. I think one of his best. I agree. It was awesome. It was like great to see him being an actor who was not totally confident in himself and just like going through kind of an interesting journey and... Uh, he just, you, you believed him doing that role, like, 100%. Same with Brad Pitt. They were both roles that really referenced their own lives and their own personas, their own celebrity, in a way. And that was really cool. A very meta mm-hmm. uh, way that Tarantino does casting that I always really appreciate. And their chemistry with each other, the way they played off each other, was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. A good time at the movies. Quentin Tarantino... One of the things I appreciate most about him is his ability to cast his movies. Always an A-plus effort. And that's the little things in that movie. It's really all about the details. I ended up seeing this movie more than any other, actually, surprising. When I first saw it, I had kind of a tepid reaction. wasn't sure how to feel about it. But then a few months later, I saw it for a second time. And I really got the chance to look at all the little details that are in the movie, digest the shots rather than trying to figure out what's going to happen with the plot. And it is so exquisitely crafted. And you can think about how, like what Leo is doing, the little stutter that he adds in, like you see the like manifestations of his not being confident. You you can, I noticed this the first viewing, but all those foot shots because uh, Quentin Tarantino has got a foot foot fetish. fetish. And then I even watched uh, half of it again on the plane recently. I think this movie in, in my opinion, is a vehicle for Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio to really knock it out of the park. And the vehicle is also really pretty. That That's how I feel about the movie. It's If there was ever a vehicle for two stars to just ham it up on screen, I'm glad that it was this one. And I'm glad that it got acknowledged for acting. And it's really like the two quintessential sex symbols of their generation. Like they were... Oh, yeah, Eric? do you disagree no (laughs) so it's interesting to see them passing the torch in a way 
amongst all of our nominees, a wide swath of like the generations. So with the Irishman, that's the that's the boomer generation. You got De Niro and Pesci and Scorsese, like that was their time. Pacino. Then after yeah, right. And then after that, um, then came Leo and Brad Pitt and Quentin Tarantino. Like these were the guys of the nineties. Generation X. Right. Mm-hmm. But then now if you look forward to little women, like that is the next crop. That's that is Sertia and Timothée Chalamet. <laughs> and, and Florence Pugh. Exactly. And you're also looking at Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you're looking for the future of leading men, that's who mm-hmm. you're looking to. Yeah. Lots of promise was presented to us in films this year. Another great thing about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, in my opinion, was that it was less gory than Tarantino's other movies. And I really appreciated seeing a softer side to him and seeing him put a lot of effort into something he really loved. Yeah, I agree. For me, the, there was gore in it, but it was at the very end, and it was pretty much earned at that point where I was like, yep, I accept this gore. <laughs> He does that where by making it focused on completely unsympathetic characters, like in the way that Inglorious Bastards did it with the Nazis, and Django and Chain did it with you know racist Southern overlords. Uh, it was shocking, and I think that it's kind of lost some steam because there's been some discussion of people being turned off by the final violence. But if per you, usual, but if you can handle it, if you're okay with it, right, it's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Okay. Eric and I realized the other day, though, Brad Pitt is a baby boomer. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't have put him in that bucket, but he is. Born, uh, born in 1963. Yeah, just barely, on the cusp. Oh, God, he's like my parents' age. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And that six-pack, though. <laughs> Everything's ruined. <laughs> Uh, well, that was a great pick at four. Uh, Berto, you oh. in the snake draft get the next pick. What do you got for fifth overall? Now I'm lucky with this uh, turn. I get two in a row that have ten nominations with The Irishman. Hello? Is that Frank? Yes. Hi, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, yeah. Glad to meet you. Well, glad to meet you, too, even if it's over the phone. I heard you paint houses. Yes, yes, sir, I, I do, I do, and I, uh, I also do my own carpentry. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I understand you're a brother of mine. Yes, sir, Local 107, since 1947. You're really playing the odds, but it's funny, I didn't even really put it on my draft board because I think it's going to get blanked. I think it's going to get blanked, too. There is a chance that it will get blanked, but the fact that there's 10 nominations means there's 10 chances I could win. Yeah. <laughs> playing the odds. Okay, here we go. It is nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, twice. Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Production Design, Best Cinematography, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, and Best Visual Effects. If it's going to win anything, I think this movie has the best shot at upsetting Brad Pitt and Supporting Actor because it does have two nominations in that category and because they're both very respected men in Hollywood who nobody would bat an eyelash if either one of them won instead. I will say, even though I picked them, the fact that they have two makes me think they probably won't win any because it might split the vote. Cancels them out. But it seems like it would go to Pesci. Like, we know that this is going to be his His last role. Like, there's nothing after this. He was actually really good in it. Oh, he was the best part. He was the best part. Yeah. By far. And I will say, De Niro did get snubbed, but I will say as well that Best Actor was actually very difficult, very competitive category this year, more so than it has been in the last few years. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Another thing that the Irishman could potentially upset in is director. Uh, you can never count out Martin Scorsese. People keep putting him towards the bottom of their uh, their probability lists, but it, that's a dangerous thing to do with Martin Scorsese. If I know anything about voting, uh, name recognition is often a high indicator of who people will pick. So someone who may have not seen any of the movies will be like, well, I know who Scorsese is. One of the things that we know about the Academy is that unfortunately members don't watch as many of the movies as we wish they would. And so that is a very recognizable name internationally, especially with the diversification and growth of the Academy that has happened over the last few years. And it was hard to miss on Netflix when you turned it on in December. Yes. But then you have to commit three and a half hours. (laughs) I will say the last maybe hour is actually pretty good. I would agree. I think the last hour is a solid Scorsese movie and the rest of it is just a really long preamble to that hour. I fell asleep halfway through this movie. Give the second half a chance. I, okay. I, I love Martin Scorsese and a real break with my normal brand. I adore gangster movies and really, really violent Scorsese movies. I watch Goodfellas like about three times a year. But that's what I felt when I was true. watching this movie when I started it. All I could think was, I would rather be watching Goodfellas. Not a good thing to be thinking. Yeah. You can see the virtuosity in it but so much about movies and this is why it's art it's about how you connect to it and it really wasn't made for our generation in a way it's like it's weird to watch it not knowing who jimmy hoffa is and even if you know a bit about jimmy hoffa it did not give you anything to hold on to Mm -hmm. i can understand why some people connected with this movie and maybe along the line can revisit it Make it way through all those three and a half hours. And at the end, it does have that strong gangster core, that tension, that it feels very Godfather-esque of like, you know, Mm. something terrible is going to happen. It's just kind of inevitable. So it's not shocking in a way of like the departed it was, Mm. it's violence, but it's very gripping. Another thing to note about The Irishman is because it was released on Netflix, we really don't know how many people have seen it or how well it's done. So it's a real big mystery. It could be that so many people have seen it and loved it. And, and those people are not on Twitter. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it does. But I could see it blanking out or I could see it doing very well. Final question, quick roundtable. How did you feel about the digital de-aging? At first, I was a little unsure of it. But by you know 10 minutes into it, I totally forgot about it. Horrified. Horrified. It was like... <laughs> Akin to cats. Yeah, I was going to say, which worse, cats or... uh... Cats is worse. (laughs) No. In terms of CGI? De Niro's eyes, though, were they looked like they were dead, which was was unfortunate. Yeah. I think the cats and cats looked more like cats than Robert De Niro looked like a (laughs) 24-year-old. It was was distracting for me. I did not forget after the first 10 minutes. Whenever they de-aged him a little bit, it, it was a little bit startling for a little bit. But I had the great privilege of getting to watch this movie whilst working on some Legos. So I mostly listened to the film and it worked well that way. (laughs) Uh, Okay, a good pick. Sandra, we're back to you. I'm going to go ahead and draft Marriage Story. You're being so much like your father. Do not compare me to my father. I didn't compare you to him. I said you were acting like him. You're exactly like your mother. Everything you're complaining about her, you're doing. You're suffocating Henry. First of all, I, I love my mother. She was a wonderful mother. Just repeating what you told me. Secondly, how dare you compare my mothering to my mother? I may be like my father, but I am not like my mother. You are! 
And you're like my father. You're also like my mother. You're all the bad things about all of these people. Clutch. That was going to be my next pick. I am feeling really good about my draft because I keep drafting movies I love. So that's great for me. Marriage Story has six nominations, which was an interesting coincidence since Little Women also received six nominations. And if you're not aware, the directors of both of those movies are in a long-term relationship. So it was really nice that they got the same amount of love from the Academy on nomination morning. This movie was directed by Noah Baumbach, and it was really wonderful. I loved everything about it, even though it was really sad. I mean, marriage has never been so bleak since Revolutionary Road. <laughs> I think um, if by some act of God, Joaquin Phoenix does not win Best Actor, I think it'll go to Adam Driver. He is great. And he's having I'm, a moment. He is. Although I'm really honestly shocked that on SNL this past weekend, he didn't apologize to liberal America for quitting on Terry Gross. He did. That was unfortunate. <laughs> a little bit of a diva, but um, then he did the callback to Undercover Boss Star Wars. So I'll forgive him. <laughs> he could do literally anything and I would still climb that man like a tree. <laughs> I, it's not <laughs> listeners that is not true adam driver also is just one sex allegation away from being not appealing no, so you shut. how dare you i will go I'm down just saying with this ship. um i enjoyed his soundheim listen i didn't cry in that movie until he started singing company, company and then i sobbed for the entire rest of the movie nominated for mm. best picture Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Original Score. I'm confident that this movie is going to win Best Supporting Actress with Laura Dern, so that's at least one for me, and I'm also rooting for it under um, screenplay. You know, in a weird extended universe way, it really felt like Laura Dern was doing the day job of her character in Big Little Lies. Exactly. <laughs> Renata. It did seem that way. <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So when we talk about cumulative campaign, I think this was part of it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And I mean, she's had a great year. She was also in Little Women playing Miss March, which... Marmy. Marmy March. She was great in Little Women as somebody who was really nurturing and also a force to be reckoned with. Loved her. She's had a great year. She was a full-on fox in Marriage Story. I've mm -hmm. never seen her look more attractive. Yeah, she's great. And they were both in Star Wars two years ago. That's true. I oh, know. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, just the casting in this movie was so good. Because then Ray Liotta as the counter, like, kind of mm. sleazy divorce attorney... The script was, and this is why I'm kind of pulling for it for Best Original Screenplay, because it was so natural, and it's a tight drama. There really isn't a lot of different sets and that's going on, but the acting is just so good. I was thinking earlier this week about what I would be happiest for on Oscar Day if they won, like what would be my ultimate ideal wins, and it would be if Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig won for screenplays, for their own individual screenplays. Then I could go home happy and whatever else happens in the telecast. That would be so beautiful. Wouldn't it, though? <sighs> yeah, I would. <laughs> okay. Well, now back to me. And for my next pick, I'm going to take Little Women. You know, I just, I just feel, I just feel like women, the... 
They have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts. And they've got ambition and they've got talent as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that, that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. But I'm, I'm so lonely. This is a big catch-all where I think it has the ability to hopefully get adapted screenplay and costume design is what I'm counting on for my team. But in total, it is nominated for Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Original Score, as well as Best Costume Design. Yes, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to win for Best Actress, but I did love Saoirse Ronan's performance in Little Women. A great Joe March, my second favorite Joe March in film history and i was so happy well we have to throw down now which is better this one or the 1994 version oh this one in my heart it will be 1994 forever but (laughs) is that nostalgia though it is It, it it really very much is because the ending of to this movie is much better and overall some of the monologues and the characters in this movie were arguably better cast the 1994 version, but Winona Ryder as Joe March. You can never outdo her in my book. Never take that away from you. <laughs> this movie made me not hate Amy March. And that is a grudge I've held my entire life. I have always hated her and thought she was trash. And at the end of this movie, I thought, I'm Amy. I'm the Amy. Well, and I was happy about that. It's always been jarring with Little Women, how it divides between their earlier years and the later years. I thought they, the, the, this one did okay. It was se- more seamless. Yeah. I disagree. That's one of the things I liked better about the 1994 version. I appreciated that she wanted to do something different with it, but the constant cutting and back and forth between present day and their childhood was a little bit discombobulating at times you weren't sure where you were you had to be really paying attention to their hair and i i don't think they needed to do it as often as they did but i'm glad that she tried something different with it it was specifically hardest with amy since in the 1994 version we had two different actresses but then florence few trying to pretend that she's a 12 year old girl i just appreciated her commitment. Her face was always so full of emotion. I just didn't buy her as a 12-year-old girl. I think I, that was part of it for me. I Like when the little classroom scenes to me and when she is being like a very petulant younger child, uh, Kristen Dunst did it better. She did. I think, At the younger Amy. Older Amy, Florence Hugh, knocked it out of the park. Well-deserved nomination. Loved her. But younger Amy, I just need a little girl to say that's your only beauty. But she had such charm. I loved in those big scenes. The things I love about this movie are when all of the action is taking place. All of those scenes where it's just all four girls and the mom and Lori and the grandpa and everybody is just talking. But you see and understand every single character. And my eyes always found Florence Pugh. And she was always pitch perfect. And I just, I just adored this movie. So what what do you think? Best Christmas movie of the year? (laughs) <laughs> this year for sure uh, more than klaus more than klaus last yeah. christmas didn't see last christmas but i did see noel on uh, <laughs> disney <laughs> disney plus and it was not as good as little women we'll just say that <laughs> roberto which little women character are you do you identify with which sister do you identify with i didn't see the new one 
Oh. But I did see the old one, and I don't remember. <laughs> what about you, Eric? Well, I feel like I, I'm not either Amy or Joe. So, I mean... I think you're a Meg, and that's okay. I'm also it, a Meg. It, yes. Okay. Meg is great. Meg is great. Meg is wonderful. She just wants a life. Yeah. Yeah. She just yeah. wants to be there for her family, and yeah. she marries for love, and that's I'll, okay. I'll accept it. She's a little bad with money, and that's all. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants nice things. Yeah, yeah. She just wants to be fancy. Yeah. Well, Megan, you've been very patient. You okay. can finally unleash your second pick. My second pick is Jojo Rabbit. My empire will be full of all animals. Lions, giraffes, zebras, rhinoceroses, octopuses, rhinoctopuses, even the mighty Rabbit. Cigarette? Oh, no, thanks. I don't smoke. Let me give you some really good advice. Be the rabbit. The humble bunny can outwit all of his enemies. He's brave and sneaky and strong. Be the rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. The Hitler movie of the year. (laughs) (laughs) The happy Hitler movie. Nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Production Design, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing. And this is one of the two nominations for Scarlett Johansson. Yes. I think, though, it sort of shot her in the foot. I don't think she's going to win either one of them. Although, hopefully in my draft, she will. (laughs) I think... They did her a disservice by nominating her for two categories. For that reason, the splitting the vote type of thing. And also because of all of the controversy that has been surrounding Scarlett Johansson and her taking the roles of minority actors. And now she is in two categories where there were a lot of qualified minority actors that could have gone in and and been recognized for their roles too. So it's not necessarily her fault, but it isn't a great Yeah, look. it's not yeah. a good look. The optics are bad. The critical reception of this movie was a little bit tepid, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I think it's gaining momentum the longer things are going on. I'm hearing in my corner of the internet, it's um, building a bit. It is getting buzz for possibly taking home that best original screenplay. Yeah, adapted. Yeah, sorry. That's what I think it might win in. I don't know if Joker... It, see, it depends if Joker ends up sweeping or not. I think if Joker ends up sweeping, it'll definitely win it. If it doesn't, I think that Jojo Rabbit has a good chance of winning. I do appreciate every year that we get to have some nice young actors on the red carpet. And this year... Archie Yates. He is great. Are you talking about Archie Yates or are you talking about our protagonist who plays Jojo Rabbit? I he was, was also fantastic. I was going to highlight Jojo, uh, the guy who plays Jojo, but the Archie Yates is the little boy with the glasses. Fantastic. So cute. Hilarious. So cute. I would watch just every scene that he's in in Jojo <laughs> Rabbit right now. Supercut. I'm I'm pretty sure all of his lines made it into the trailer because he's just so perfect. He's so charming, too, with his glasses, and he's just radiating friendship. I loved him so much. But the young man who plays Jojo Rabbit was also really great, and I've loved seeing him at award shows at the Jojo Rabbit table. And his name is Roman Griffin. I just love a weird little movie, and I'm so glad to see it represented. I love Taika Waititi as a director. He's I know. He's great. Yeah. And he's great at awards shows, and he's great at interviews, and he's great at red carpets. Just super funny guy. He is truly one of our comedic treasures. Does he come from the Flight of the Concords 
school comedy? I mean, he's from New Zealand, so probably. Yeah. But <laughs> obviously, he, they hang out. You know, he hangs out with Jermaine. I love the costume design in this movie, too. There are a couple pieces from the movie that stick out to me. Of course, Scarlett Johansson's shoes mm-hmm. in that famous scene. And her whole character is beautifully and impeccably dressed. Uh, also, of course, all of the military uniforms that they use are accurate. But there's also something kind of c- comedic about them. Often the pants are a little too short. And it's it's very smartly designed and i really appreciate that about that i mean this is a really weird dramedy because of all the actors that are in it like stephen merchant showing up is so (laughs) weird and funny rebel wilson Uh, yeah yeah but my really i think sam rockwell is actually maybe my favorite in it besides for uh, the little boy of course because uh he he always ends up playing the villains in these movies, but this is the first time where it's like, he's a villain that also kind of has a heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. He's always a racist lately, but yeah. uh, <laughs> this time he turned it around a little bit. Yeah. yeah. He's always a redeemable racist, but still a racist. I don't know. I think he's got two more movies where he can play a similar role. And then after that, he m- might need to stop. He's already been typecasted. I, think, acid, I yeah. think, I think him and Ben Mendelsohn are just like, in the same character actor zone of ambiguously borderline gray area villain good guy kind of dude. We should also acknowledge the young woman in this film who was also fantastic and her name is Thomasin McKenzie. She was also great in Leave No Trace. I love that movie too. Mm-hmm. Hey Megan, now at the turn you get another pick. I do. Um, this is interesting because I feel like we've hit all the big heavy hitters and now it's getting a little bit more niche. So I'm going to be this. My next pick doesn't have the most nominations, but I think in the categories it's in, it's got a good chance. Uh, so my next pick is Bombshell. Oh, my gosh. I can't get fired. This is the only job I have ever wanted. I don't want to be on TV. I want to be on Fox. Uh-huh. My family, every day, every holiday, like, especially holidays, we watch Fox News. We're like addicts. Fox is how we do church. You know when they made the corner logo turn? Because folks had Fox burned into their TV screens? That's us. Caleb, you're not getting fired. He cannot scale his anger. He's a perpetual outrage machine. That's why crazies love him. No offense to your family. When you say that, I just immediately hear the trailer song. Oh. 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 That trailer oh. was everywhere. That trailer was great. <laughs> it that was great. They also had a Billie Eilish song. That trailer was better than the movie. <laughs> Top five trailers of well, the year, for yeah. sure. <laughs> to be honest, I am definitely rooting for this to win the makeup Oscar. Mm. Absolutely. Incredible job. Absolutely. I couldn't recognize, I haven't seen the movie, but I know Charlize Theron, I could not recognize in the trailer. As Charlize Theron. No, she looks exactly like Megan Kelly, which is why I think she's also nominated for Best Actress. And she's got a good chance, I think. It's kind of a mixed bag of nominations, but she's up there. Everyone loves her. Everyone thinks it's going to be Renee Zellweger, but something tells me if for whatever reason it wasn't Renee, that it would be Charlize. I don't think it's going to be. I feel solid. I feel solid about my choice. Well... I think it's anybody's game after Renee. Renee is the heavy favorite on Gold Derby, and a lot of prognosticators are putting her as kind of a shoe in. But if anybody else was going to take it, I, I could see Miss Theron doing that. Unfortunately, Margot Robbie, I don't think, has a chance in supporting actress. No. No. 
It Although she did a great job. Yeah, I really felt her pain she during this movie. was exactly what she was supposed to be in that movie. I disagreed with like the existence of her character. Because <laughs> I think part of why she exists is so that we have somebody to root for. It's somebody a narrative. who's it's redeemable narrative. at the end. She's and a cipher for us, right? Right. right. Um, and I didn't need that. I, I just wanted the straight story of what happened. But she did an amazing job. Why you can't root for someone at Fox News? <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Especially, I mean, one of the things I appreciated is they were honest about the, I guess, divisiveness of Megyn Kelly right off the bat. That she did have make a comment about Santa Claus and him needing to be Caucasian, and so we know that she's not a perfect person, and neither is uh, Gretchen Carlson, but. But you can people. be still sympathetic to what yeah. they went through. No one should. Of course. They did. But yeah, the, yeah. the movie, I feel like, didn't make a hard enough choice of finding the real nuance that I think that could be mined in this story. I think it is important to tell these stories, you know, as sort of this is the level of, although they're not tackling the white supremacy of Fox News, they are tackling the patriarchal things. I think there's a lot of interesting things to be said. And the movie just kind of stopped short. They're like, women, you know. <laughs> and then <laughs> patted themselves on the back for a job well done and i think that was a real shame i want to give one also shout out in the makeup uh there was only i think one shot of bill o'reilly but it oh almost made God. me jump out of my seat yeah. because it looked so, so creepy like fantastic him. fantastic makeup and styling too deeply I, unse- upsetting yes this it was beautifully designed the film it also was really reminiscent of the big short yeah it did a lot of that fourth wall breaking that they do and was very much wanted you to be in on the joke mm-hmm. the thing that i didn't appreciate is that it wasn't funny you know like with a lot of other subjects you can see the lighter side of it with this one i just wanted them to address yeah the topic and yeah i didn't think that the style of the film suited the subject entirely but i do like that style of filmmaking. It felt very Aaron Sorkin. Yes, it did. But not as good. Yeah, both in a nice way and a bad way. <laughs> like, it felt like Aaron Sorkin. It's aping that style yeah. of docudrama. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin at his very worst. <laughs> so you were not a fan of the movie. But it Sorry did have four Sorkin. It did have four nominations. It that was be- Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Sorry, that was three nominations. I think it's got a good shot at two of them. All right. And back to me for my third selection now. We're definitely getting into the area of a lot of movies that I think are guaranteed for one win, but then they just don't really have the upside. So screw it. I'm just going to select the movie that I think is going to win at least one category. American Factory for Best Documentary. This is a historic project that is going to help grow this community, give people jobs, and give a future to your kids and my kids. Where you sit today used to be a General Motors plant, and now there are over 1,000 employees working here. Is this a union shop? It is our desire to not be. I was very personally upset and sad that Apollo 11 did not get nominated for Best Documentary, but in a way that just cleared that American Factory is almost assuredly going to win. It's being backed by the Obama's production company. It was on Netflix, and it is pretty good. 
It's a great movie. It really shows the dichotomy between what America used to be like pre the tech revolution and what we're headed to. And it's a very personal story about some of these workers. It really resonated with me. Have either of you watched it yet? No. I have not. I tried to watch many documentaries in the hopes that they would be nominated, likely nominations, and not a single one got nominated. So I'm very far behind in this category right now. Uh, That happened to us too. There was a lot of good documentaries this year. I think the problem that we often run into when it comes to documentaries is the Academy wants to award capital I important documentaries that really tackle important issues and make it a statement piece. So some of those smaller documentaries that I particularly enjoy, those human interest pieces. Those smaller stories. They don't really make the cut, unfortunately, but really disappointed that a couple were left out this year. Predominantly, we, we named... Apollo 11, that was really wonderful. Knock Down the House was another good documentary that was a Netflix documentary about AOC. One Child Nation. One One Child Child Nation. Nation. Although that should have, by all standards, been nominated. It was a very important story. I don't know. Yeah. But there was a couple smaller ones this year. I thought there was a chance for that other World War II documentary with the reenacted or with the remastered footage uh the world war one one uh, uh they should not jackson mm-hmm. yeah uh, uh peter jackson yeah and then i my favorite documentary of the year is this small documentary biggest little farm that did play in theaters and it was beautiful it was a small story about a sustainable farm uh didn't make the cut either but certainly nothing to be sad about because american factory that is the likely winner is a great great movie it is good it is a just a good primer on the struggles that American manufacturing is facing as the century progresses and the challenges of globalization and merging cultures. It's just a very good and nuanced documentary that also doesn't have a very strong perspective, which is sometimes can bring documentaries down if they're more like issue advocacy. This is a story that is context that helps you understand the world. So we'll highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, Sandra, what are you going to pick next? I'm going to draft... Star Wars. I got one! How many are left? Too many! What? Good thinking, Chewie. Finn, we can boulder these tires. I was just thinking that. What? Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, (laughs) to be exact. And I'm going to go ahead and start this conversation by saying that I enjoyed this last installment (laughs) of the Star Wars saga very much, particularly because I really like those droids. And this was a (laughs) a very droid forward movie. It was funny. Lots of Oscar Isaac. Uh, lots of banter between the characters. And that's what I want from a silly space movie. I don't need it to explain the universe to me. I just need robots and aliens. And it was great. Did you like Babu Frick? Do you know who that is? <laughs> no. He's a little tiny guy. <laughs> Remember who does the droid works on C-3PO? Yes. <laughs> I did like him very much. I'm currently obsessed with Dio, the small droid in that movie, who is just really reclusive and afraid of people and just doesn't want anybody to touch him, but he's so helpful. So you, I mean, you're still banking on some very possible yes. wins. We for, So it's nominated for Best Original Score, 
John Williams has been nominated an incredible amount of times, and this could be a final send-off for him, Always too. Always a solid choice. This is, um, is his 63rd nomination? Something ludicrous. He is up there, and I this category is really up in the air. I think it's one of the reasons I drafted it, because it could very well go to him. It could also go to either one of the Newman brothers. <laughs> uh, cousins? Cousins. Cousins, um, who did scores for Marriage Story and for... Little women, 1917. Right? Oh. But uh, it also is nominated for Best Sound Editing, which you never really know what's going to happen with the sound categories. And Best Visual Effects Possible. It seems like Avengers is the favorite there, but you never know. You really never know. I think it will be Avengers just because there's so many Marvel fans who really want it to have a win somewhere. But if anything is going to take that away from it, I think it's going to be. Now, looking at the nominations, I initially was uh, a little bit shocked you would take something that was, uh, I don't know, so up in the air. It makes me feel like you even liked that movie more than I did. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think you know, I did. Well, I'm, I'm outspoken, not a biggest fan of the eighth installment of the franchise, and Eric really liked it, but I just came out of it really confused as to why they launched Leia into space, what? and no. it was really dark and not very funny, and... I didn't know this about you, and now our friendship's over. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's just not what I want for my silly Star Wars movie. No. Last Jedi broke everything you thought Star Wars was, I think, in a positive way. Very positive. And then The Last Jedi tried to... Or then The uh, Rise of Skywalker tried to reset that and go back to... Look, as a trilogy, they don't work. They don't work at all. They don't work as a trilogy. They should have picked one person to do them all, and it should have been J.J. Abrams. (laughs) No. Um, Well, I mean, either one. Honestly, I would have seen either trilogy because I'm married to Eric, so (laughs) either way I would have gone to see it, but... I like this last movie, and I like the quirky kind of funner side of Star Wars. Okay, well, it's a valid pick. I think you, score is actually legitimate. Like, yeah, that's a cha- good choice. I mean, your, your, your draft is a total wild card over here. <laughs> you're, you're doing good. Especially with the, this being the last Star Wars of the Skywalker saga. Like, they might be like, well, John Williams, you did all of them. Here you go. Yeah, you're never wrong to pick John Williams in this category. Also... These culmination awards happen all the time. Yeah. And you think about Lord of the Ring for winning at the mm-hmm. very end of its run. So How dare you That's what happened. equate those <laughs> movies? <laughs> okay, you're we, right, you're right. We Star get, Wars is much better. We better much move better on before some altogether. friendships end here. Uh, Berto, let's finish out the third round. Who do you got? Well, I'm going to go based on nominations still. That's kind of my strategy at this point. So the movie with the most remaining nominations is Ford versus Ferrari. Suppose Henry Ford II wanted to build the greatest race car the world's ever seen to win the 24 hours of Le Mans. What's it take? Well, it takes something money can't buy. Money can buy speed. What well, about speed? You need a pure racer behind the wheel of your car. That's Ken Miles. I don't trust him an inch. We heard he's difficult. No, no, Ken's a puppy dog. No. Whatever it is, Shell. No. Trust me. Off we go. I think that might have been our last remaining Best Picture nominee. I haven't been keeping track here. Eric, are you the only person in this room who has watched Ford versus Ferrari? Uh, That is correct. And I am probably going to drag you to it (laughs) before the party. So I'll see it twice. I'm interested in it. It just was not at the top of my... we all recognize that it's a dad movie. But, you know, you can still enjoy it. It's got fast cars, room, room. Have a good time. It also has Matt Damon, (laughs) who... 
I really like exactly. Matt, Matt in that? Yes, Matt Damon and Christian Bale are the two leads, oh, and they do a great, great job. I just know it's Christian Bale. I've seen that trailer like before every single movie I saw this year, so I'm really not <laughs> interested in seeing that trailer ever again. But do you think he's twins? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> do I think he has twins? I don't know. Do you think Christian Bale is twins? What are you talking about? The conspir- Prestige? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought this was a conspiracy theory that Christian Bale was actually an identical twin. I know. I just go into every movie with Christian Bale now thinking maybe he's twins. <laughs> uh, Ford versus Ferrari nominated for Best Picture, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best. Uh, that's it. So, <laughs> uh, picture in the two sound categories. Uh, sound, you never know. Maybe they'll give it to it. The editing is really good. You, it just never really gets old attaching to a camera to the outside of a car and watching it speed down a track. It sounds incredible. Cool. I'll, I, I will see it before the actual ceremony. I always try to see at least the best pictures, <laughs> right? So, I'll see it. I know, and they're all in theaters now, even if they had left... Uh, so use your AMC three movies a week baby that's right (laughs) hey no free ads it's our entourage (laughs) (laughs) and what will be your fourth pick okay I get another turn here so based on my strategy the next movie with multiple nominations is The Two Popes there's a saying God always corrects one Pope by presenting the world with another Pope I should quite like to see my correction Reform needs a politician. The most important qualification for any leader is not wanting to be leader. It's not me who needs to be satisfied. It's 1.2 billion believers. You're the right person. Church needs to change and you could be that change. It could never be me. (laughs) Well, I think this is an unfortunate choice. I Okay, I initially liked The Two Popes when I watched it. Fascinating this is, movie. This is a get on Netflix. I have felt less good about it as time goes on because it is so fake. It is not a true story. <laughs> uh, we, it's the story that we want to believe is real. And it is mostly a, bio, a biopic about Pope Francis. And in that way, it is more accurate, even if it does, still doesn't fully dwell into like why he's controversial in South America, besides the whole like liberal versus conservative Catholic thing, which is really what this movie is all about. Its main sin is that even though the two acting performances are great, it does not accurately portray the relationship between the Benedict current and, and ex-pontiff. And Catholicism, really. Yeah. I had a number of issues with the movie, um, some before I watched it, to be fair had some preconceived bias against the movie, just knowing a little bit about the conception of the movie and that the director and the creators of this movie really wanted us to see the Catholic Church in a positive light. And I'm just not in the mood for that. I don't think we need that. I wanted them to be a little more truthful about what some of the things that are going on in the Catholic Church were, and they really glossed over a lot. But that said, the two performances were really great, um, two really great men of film, if you will, and I wouldn't mind if either one of them won for their respective roles in this movie. I especially liked their relationship in the film. They really played well off of each other and the dialogue between them, some of their lighter banter when they engaged about things like soccer and food um, was really entertaining. 
So we had both Jonathan Price and Anthony Hopkins nominated for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor, respectively, along with Best Adapted Screenplay. So the acting categories seem pretty locked up, but screenplay is a wild card. Who knows? Two popes. Maybe there's a lot of Catholics out there in the voting body. Hey, there's three chances I could win something. You gotta play the odds. <laughs> <laughs> playing those odds. Good, he's a savvy drafter. This is not his first fantasy draft. Oh, no. <laughs> I've done a few. How'd you do in uh, fantasy football this year? Uh, I've got two, two championships, and I won the one that had no money in it. <laughs> Congrats! <laughs> Dang. Okay, Sandra, what is your fourth pick? I'm going to go ahead and draft the movie Honeyland. Which is a documentary that I talked about at the top of the podcast. It is nominated for both documentary film and international film so there's two chances right there you're really going with your heart on this one i really am because i know parasite is going to win best international film but there's always a chance and that has two chances you know an oscar in my heart of hearts i would rather have honeyland win than american factory documentary i just think unfortunately for you and your team that that's not going to happen you know what i'm okay with that too i am glad that it's getting as much recognition as it is. Honeyland, like we mentioned previously, it's available on Hulu if you want to watch it. It's a very uh, small-focused um, story about a woman who lives in rural Macedonia and is a beekeeper and sells honey at the market, and that is her way of means and survival, and she takes care of her elderly mother. And a narrative organically unfolds that is very tragic and compelling that without really any words... I mean, just a few words, really, you understand her whole life story in a way and the struggle that she's going through. And there's a very clear clash and contrast between modernity and a more simple and rural lifestyle, both the good and the bad, and just beautifully shot throughout. So I would definitely recommend it. That's really all I have to say about it. Go watch it, please. Okay. Well, then I guess it's back to me. Eric, what's going to be your fourth film? I'm going to keep it safe and once again, uh, just try and get something that I know is going to win. So I'm going to go with uh, Judy. What's the matter? Ladies and gentlemen. I can't. What? No, 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 no. What, what do you mean you can't? There's an audience out there waiting to hear you sing. My mouth dry and it could fall apart. Listen to me. Judy, I can't. You'll be fine. Now, on you go. Hmm. Have any of us seen Judy? I actually saw Judy. <laughs> you <Whoa>. did? Oh. <laughs> it was uh, interesting. I didn't really know anything about uh, Judy Garland's life. And my wife, Bethany, she hangs out with the gays a lot. So she has a very <laughs> big background of, you know, what actually happened in her life. So yeah. it was kind of interesting to see Bad that. Bad things. Bad things happened. But uh, they were there for her, at least. So uh, it was interesting to watch because the performance was actually very good. Mm-hmm. I don't think the movie was great. But she was definitely the best part of the movie. It does actually have two nominations. So she is by far the favorite for 
Best Actress, uh, but it's also nominated for Best Makeup and Hairstyling. What do you think? Yeah, she seemed completely transformed to me, so mm. I think she does have a good shot, or the movie has a good shot based on that alone. Yeah. Um, from what I understand about the movie, I have not seen it, is that it is a pretty cookie-cutter biopic, but that she does a really great job in it, and that does enough for her to get her that nomination, hopefully that Oscar win, but... This yeah. feels like when Natalie Portman was nominated for Jackie. Mm-hmm. Very much Or it was a like very that. forgettable film, but it was like, here's our best actress. Transformative role, for sure. Like, yeah. This is, especially for Renee Zellweger, who hasn't really been around for a while, to like, come back with this performance, I think it was really impressive. I'm happy to see her back. I've missed her. This movie is this year's The Wife, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Another movie that was like, here's our best actress. Yeah. And um, another movie that nobody saw. I saw that movie. I did too. (laughs) You guys are in the minority. Not a lot of people saw The Wife. I can't believe you both saw The Wife. That's crazy. (laughs) It's okay. I'm sure more people watched Judy. Still not a huge portion of the film going population, but good for judy <laughs> i feel like it's one that when or if she wins best actress more people will see it yes absolutely once it can say oscar I, winning i will hit it up so hard on hbo <laughs> in four months <laughs> <laughs> very much an hbo at home watch okay megan your final two picks back to back back to back First off, your fourth pick, what do you got? Fourth pick. I'm going with another one that has a few nominations, kind of outliers, but I think it could go their way. My fourth pick is Harriet. I made up my mind. I'm going back. Without my husband and my family, I'm just a stranger in a strange land. If I'm free, they should be too. I'm going to go get them. One by one, starting with my husband. I need a suit for him and a dress for me so I can look like a free lady. Marie, will you help me? Harriet, nominated for Best Actress and Best Original Song. Yeah, uh, the Best Original Song category really seems like there's no shallow this year. It's wide open. So it's wide open. Um, So uh, there's a chance. I don't have high hopes um, for Best Actress, but as one of the only nominated people of color in the entire Oscars, um, they might just throw it to her. Unfortunately, I could see that happening. I wasn't happy to see her get a nomination, not because I object to her performance. I haven't seen the movie, but it is kind of an old and unfortunate proven stereotype that the Academy likes to nominate African-American actors for playing people who have yeah enslaved. It's a very token nomination for a right. token movie. Mm-hmm. And that's disappointing but I'll draft it. It is disappointing, especially on a year where you had Lupita Nyong'o, Aquafina, Jennifer Lopez, all of these women of color that so gave many amazing stronger. performances. And, and in more interesting stories. Absolutely. Um, I will see this movie. I want to see this movie. Uh, it just hasn't been one of my priorities this season. So no one here has seen Harriet yet? No. No. I thought you had a screener for it. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> wow, just not even utilizing your privilege over there. I got time. <laughs> Good pick, Megan. Thank you. And then what will be your final pick? I was a bit torn to go with my heart or something from a category like you've been doing, things that I know will win. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and call Hair Love for animated short film. 
Now, wasn't that easy? All it takes is some confidence and a willingness to get started. And even though I'm not there, I'll guide you through this. I want to thank my very special assistant, my daughter, Zuri, for helping me with today's vlog, like always. And remember, the road ahead might look rough, but you can make the journey with a little bit of work and a whole lot of love. Mwah. It's the heavy favorite in the category. Mm -hmm. It's available for free right now on YouTube. Yeah, I've so seen a it. lot of people are are checking this uh, short out. We haven't gotten the chance to go see the shorts yet. We usually see them packaged together at our local movie theater and they haven't come out yet. Next weekend. Um, but we are excited to go see all of the shorts soon and it's a great choice. I think it's um a pretty strong contender. I haven't seen many of the shorts yet, but watching this one, it has all of the elements of what often wins best animated shorts. And the fact that it's something that people have seen already, I think really is going to give it a leg up. So I feel pretty solid. Now, n notably, this isn't the Pixar or Disney nominee. So that is a knock against it since this award does tend to go to Pixar or a Disney short, but not you never the, know. Not the strongest year for Disney in general. They would beg to disagree. They released <laughs> The Lion King, Aladdin, well, they made plenty Star of money. Wars. Yeah, they made plenty of money, but the Oscar noms did not come together. Um, and that's actually going to be the foundation for my final pick. I was thinking about going with Best Animated and taking Toy Story 4, but it's really actually kind of cloudy. Missing Link could end up winning. There's this other one on Netflix that we need to watch. So I'm just going to stay tried and true. And I'm going to pick uh, Rocket Man for best original best song. Best original song. It is the favorite right now, though, like we've stated, it's a pretty open category. It did win the Golden Globe, and you have to bow down to Elton John at these types of things. So he is likely kissing babies and shaking hands. That's, and he's been at every event, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I think. We know that the Academy is a sucker for some um, old rock stars. Yeah. And this, in a weak year, relatively for song, none of them were that great. This one does have a narrative behind it, which mm -hmm. they established with the Golden Globe win of that Elton and his partner. This is the only song that they've actually written together. I think Rocket Man could have stood a few more nominations. I'm a little surprised. It's another little weird movie that I thought could have gotten more. It's one of those, well, it came out in June, and it's kind of been forgotten along the yeah. way. Like, they were obviously trying to quickly follow on the heels of Bohemian Rhapsody and that success to keep that going. Um, and in general, this was just like cumulatively the whole year of um, boomer um, <laughs> musical tastes because we had yesterday about oh, the, oh, the Beatles. Beatles one got forgotten. And then there was that Bruce Springsteen Bruce one, which I didn't see that one either. I, I guess, blinded by the light. Yeah, me, I guess They're playing okay. on the airplane, but I didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, this one was probably the best of all of them. It was... Uh, very stylistic, and even though you know it was tainted to a narrative that Elton John is okay with portraying, it right. still felt like honest in a way that Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't. Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. I thought the songs were good. I thought the main actor, Taron Egerton, Edgerton, 
Edgerton? <laughs> yes. Taron Edgerton. I thought he did a good job as the lead. Oh, my God. Elton John. Elton John. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting late. As a who? <laughs> as Elton John. I was surprised it didn't get more buzz. I mean, I didn't even see the movie, but I already know it's better than Bohemian Rhapsody was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it should have gotten a little bit more love because that movie won a bunch of Oscars for some reasons. So. Yeah, I think it'll go down <laughs> in history fine. I think yeah. we needed more prosthetic teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Worse editing and a longer concert scene and then we, we could have gotten there. Um, okay, Sandra, what is going to be your final pick? I'm going to draft the film Pain and Glory. Cada película tuya era un acontecimiento en mi vida y me llenaba de orgullo que tuvieras éxito en todo el mundo. Eres el único director español que conoce mi familia. Tu nueva familia. Sí. ¿Saben algo más? ¿Te refieres a nosotros? This is the movie that is my biggest shame this Oscar season because I was so excited about it and have not seen it yet. But I know that I will like it because I love Pedro Aldomavar and because I am a huge fan of Penelope Cruz and of Antonio Banderas. I don't know how I haven't made time to see this movie. Very ashamed, but it is... Uh, Nominated in two categories. It is nominated for Best International Feature. And also, Banderas is nominated for Best Actor. So excited to see this movie. And yeah. I think it could maybe win in an alternative universe if Parasite gets nominated or gets a lot of recognition in the traditional um, categories. Pain and Glory is definitely the second buzziest international movie on that list. And... Antonio Banderas has been all over promoting this movie and giving interviews and He's being his charming hard. self. Charming so, as ever. Uh, and he did have another movie. He was in The Laundromat as well, mm -hmm. where he's just had a good gear. Uh, you are definitely going complete YOLO strats here on Reputation Alone. But it's worth, uh, it's worth highlighting this movie. It hopefully won't get forgotten, and we absolutely still need to watch it. Yeah, I take hardly, me with you ever would recommend a movie before watching it but i am pretty sure i'm going to like this movie it is supposedly about a director's journey um reflecting upon his life and i love movies and i love spain so i i'm i'm in all the pieces are there yeah exactly rooting for this movie even though i haven't seen it still rooting for it oh man it's been a journey we've gotten through 19 picks so far we have one left to go birdo what do you got for us well, I was kind of debating on this last one, uh, but I'm going to continue with my strategy, maximize the nominations, so I'm going to go with Toy Story 4. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Am I alive? You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. I mean, that you can come away with this one, the last pick. That's pretty solid. Yeah, and I think it's got a very good chance at one. 
And I think the other one is, well, what are the two nominations? We got Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song. So, I mean, it has a chance at song. Both those categories are pretty wide open. Yeah. It could go any direction. For it, sure. That could be two wins for you right there. Yeah. This is one half of the Newman uh, showdown. And then uh, Animated Feature, it is probably the favorite. but yeah. And sure. it never always Pixar, right? Like Yeah. And always Toy Story, you know what I mean? Always I mean, Toy Story. I will say this was a movie that I thought should, didn't have a reason to exist, but then I saw it and I liked it. So good for them. Good I was, for Pixar. <laughs> I was not crazy about it. I was a little underwhelmed. I felt 3 was a stronger movie, and I would have been happier with it ending there. But in terms of if we're talking about generic cash grabs, uh, <laughs> Toy Story 4 compared to Frozen 2. The Lion hey. King. Aladdin. The Lion King. I'll still take Toy Story 4 above all those. The mm-hmm. buzz in the elementary school level about Frozen 2 <laughs> is overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> do they like that better than Toy Story 4? They do. I heard nothing about <laughs> Toy Story 4, and I've heard much about Frozen 2. What do we call that generation that's in preschool right now? Because they don't have a name yet. They have terrible taste. (laughs) 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 They're the frozen generation. To be be fair, I think it probably has better music. Frozen 2 is a musical and kids love (laughs) musicals. They do. This one had a couple songs uh, that were kind of catchy, but nothing like its predecessors. There's no, you've got a friend Well, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 4 was made for us. Yeah. It wasn't made for children. Very true. People who were children 25 years ago. Yeah. 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 Because you're aging with the franchise. Yeah. But do you know the words to Into the Unknown? Not yet, but stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) It'll come. Yeah. Uh, this has been, uh, I really think, a fun overview and yeah. preview of the Oscars to come February 9th, Sunday, coming up fast right after the Super Bowl. Any final notes? Anyone wants to add something we missed? I am excited to watch this show, Hostless, again. Um, I'm happy that we have decided that this model works for us. I hope it goes well and that ratings don't decrease too much so that they're not uh, tempted to put a host in in there again i i think it worked well last year even though i heard on our favorite ringer pods they were advocating for john mulaney to be a host <gasps> oh never mind yeah. john mulaney john mulaney for sure billy billy eichner i've oh, been saying this for incredible. a long time would make an excellent any award show host because he loves pop culture so much <laughs> i can't think of anyone better to do one of these things and john mulaney i i watch him in anything that would be That's like my dream. I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So before we head out, I'll go ahead and read the lists. We'll all be sitting in the same Oscar party, anxiously tallying these up. And uh, something that we also do, we'll throw it on our Instagram. But Sandra, the first year we were together, she made a Oscar statue. Out of cardboard. Which whoever wins the pool cumulatively gets to keep it for a year. We lost it last year, hoping to bring it back in-house again. Yes. Um, But so for the drafts. Wait, one question. Oh, go ahead. Do we get something for winning? That's this? what I'm wondering of what we should Sandra do for will, this. Yes. Prizes? Well, don't get too excited. <laughs> it is going to be a cake. It, it is going to be in the same realm as a cardboard statue. Cool. Of a first round flick statue. I have never won that cardboard statue and I won it badly. <laughs> so bad. You get to sign your name at the bottom. It's really cool. So, for this First round flick Oscar Megapod draft the prize to be announced. Uh, Megan is going to roll with a team of Joker, Jojo Rabbit, Bombshell, Harriet, and Hair Love. 
I drafted second, and I took 1917, Little Women, American Factory, Judy, and Rocket Man. Sandra selected Parasite, Marriage Story, Star Wars, Honeyland, and Pain and Glory. And Roberto went with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Ford vs. Ferrari, The Two Popes, and Toy Story 4. You guys, I'm going to lose for sure. But if I win, we're all going to be happy. I know. You you went with the classic upside draft. I respect it. It's going to be exciting. Um, And again, thank you to you both. Absolutely. You've endured above and beyond to be on this long pod with us. Thank you for joining us. This has been wonderful. Couldn't think of two better people. Thank you so much. It was great. And you can head over to our Twitter or Instagram at First Round Flick to vote for the draft that you like best or pick your own five movies that you think will win the most Oscars. Let us know what you think is going to happen. You can also email us firstroundflick at gmail.com. And if you have some time and want to help out, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It'll help other movie lovers find us. As always, our music is provided by Grant Bennett. Enjoy the show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>